This is an RNZ podcast. Stephen, your take on Yeah, well, I mean, travails. I know very little, unlike Bridget, about the end of working to the National Party, but if I'd put money on it, I would have assumed he would have gone for sure. Well, that's Stephen Mills, who works for the Labour Party's preferred pollsters, UMR, and is a regular left-leaning pundit on the weekly politics slot on RNZ Nationals 9 to noon. So it's no surprise then that he's no fan of the National Party or its president, but on last Monday's session on 9 to noon with Catherine Ryan, he was echoing what many other pundits and political journalists had been saying about Peter Goodfellow and the run-up to the National Party's AGM last weekend. Given the dire election campaign and result... He wasn't likely to be picked again as National Party president. But, as it turned out, he was re-elected, in spite of a rather bitter speech to the AGM in which, among other things, he unloaded on the news media. Prior to COVID-19, he said National had been preparing for a battle of ideas, but he told the delegates that the campaign descended into what he called a race of celebrity leadership via the media. Reason debate on contentious issues became almost treasonous, said Peter Goodfellow, and he reckoned those daily COVID-19 broadcasts became televangelistic, like gospel to the masses. And then there was more. Democracy for a period of time gave way to a form of temporary tyranny. No one should fear death threats or violence for voicing an opinion, no matter how much you disagree. But that was the reality in a Jacinda mania world, and I'm sure you felt that too throughout the year. I certainly did. Now, Peter Goodfellow was far from the first person to point out that the Prime Minister's presence on those COVID-19 briefings almost every day would be a political advantage for her party so close to an election, government by press conference as it became known. But the exposure was not entirely risk-free. Jacinda Ardern and other senior ministers also had to field questions from journalists competing for a good story, and often those were stories about shortcomings in the COVID-19 response. And all of that was broadcast live to the nation, as well as the stuff Peter Goodfellow found televangelistic. There are not too many tyrannies around the world where the leader gets that sort of scrutiny live on the air. And come to think of it, neither do many televangelists. But as it happened, the journalists who challenged the Prime Minister, other ministers and their officials in those briefings also copped quite severe personal abuse online of the same type that Peter Goodfellow was complaining about there. But clearly there was no sense of solidarity with the media on that. Ignoring that old pre-digital dictum about not buying a fight with people who buy ink by the barrel, the National Party president turned on the media big time. He said reporters actively lined up against his party and held it to a higher standard than the Labour-led government. And he claimed that the media generated opinion dressed as fact in his newsfeed, though, as political critics of the media often do, he didn't say exactly where they came from. So how did the media then respond to this harsh but non-specific slapdown? Well, not well. The fact that Goodfellow came out and did possibly the most ill-timed speech he could have possibly have done after what John Key said to him and was greeted by thunderous silence by all the delegates. Showed to me that Goodfellow and a whole lot of the ancient over 55-year-olds in that party have not been listening to a man who actually knows his politics. That was News Talk ZB's Andrew Dickens on the weekend political panel show on ZB last Sunday. Now, while he claimed that Peter Goodfellow's spray at the media was greeted at the AGM with thunderous silence... The next day, Nine to Noon's host Catherine Ryan reckoned the media usually have about the same level of enthusiasm for Nationals' AGMs. They would normally be regarded as dull as dishwater, but after a hammering like this election, what should happen and did it happen? 
I think absolutely what should happen did happen. They had a packed out, um, you know, conference or AGM and packed out sort of functions around it. And as it happens, Bridget Morton, the right-leaning counterweight on the 9 to noon politics slot last Monday, was actually at National's AGM last weekend. And she told Catherine Ryan that in spite of all the media headlines about blame games and leaders under pressure for underperformance in the election, the vibe was actually pretty good. I think what I was really pleased by, and actually quite pleasantly surprised by, about how constructive it was. And then Brigitte Morton went on to make another point. And, you know, for the most part, the media is there for a very small part of the AGM, and AGMs aren't really there for the media anyway. So I think it was a member-led conference that delivered what it was meant to. Writing on his own website, Politic, Richard Harmon, who was also there at the AGM, said the National Party itself didn't make it a media-friendly event, a bit like their president. And Peter Goodfellow himself didn't speak to media at all during the Saturday, and the party kept the media away from the presidential election process, he said, and they didn't even let journalists see the announcement of the results or photograph any of the candidates. But the National Party did put on the stage a former election winner and his advice about how to win the next one. Even if you somehow think you're doing the party good, you're wrong and you won't. It's as simple as that. Disunity will be reported as disunity because that's exactly what it is. Former Prime Minister John Key saying that the National Party only had itself to blame there was widely reported as contradicting Peter Goodfellow blaming the media. But John Key was also saying that the media were out to get his party, indeed any party that looks divided. The one thing the media wants to report over the next three years is disunity. It's a lot more interesting for a political reporter to report on that than our policy papers. And that would ring true for former National Party leader Simon Bridges, who was planning a series of eight detailed policy announcements when he was the leader. But the ones he released before he got rolled last July yielded far fewer stories in the media than the ones about him being a dead man walking, based mostly on the results of opinion polls that the media themselves had actually paid for. And in his AGM address, John Key was also on the same page as Peter Goodfellow about the government getting most of the oxygen of media publicity. They have the advantages that incumbency and attention gives them. That's what we're up against as we win to fight back those voters. Now there, John Key meant to say they had to win back the voters, not fight them. But his big message to the National Party faithful was not to leak damaging info to the media. So here is my very simple advice to those who like to leak to the media. If you can't quit your leaking... Here's a clue. Quit the party. I can tell you, even if you somehow think you're doing the party good, you're wrong and you won't. It's as simple as that. Though John Key wasn't only warning about loose lips around reporters. Every time that nice Uber driver asks you what you really think of Judith or what you really think of National... It's the same answer we give privately. We're 100% behind this party winning the 2023 election. That's our answer. Now there, John Key meant to say publicly when he said privately, and you don't get much more public than talking to Susie Ferguson on RNZ's Morning Report. Last Monday, when she asked John Key if Peter Goodfellow was right to cite the media as a reason for the party's poor election night showing, he made it clear he wasn't. So I think, look, it's always, in life, it's always easy to blame the media. 
and um, have a perspective that they are biased or they you know, will only report one thing or they're against you and all of those kinds of things. But the reality is that um, uh, largely that's not correct. And, and, and even, if it, even if it is, if you don't have the sorts of stories you don't want reported, then, then they will be forced to report the things you want them to report. Now, John Key was, of course, the last Prime Minister to enjoy Jacinda Ardern levels of popularity in the media's public opinion polls. And although no one called it John Key mania at the time, critics did complain that he enjoyed an enduring political honeymoon with the media. And for the last seven out of John Key's eight years in the top job, the National Party president was... Peter Goodfellow, and Media Watch couldn't find anything on the record from him at the time as having any concerns about media bias.